I'm Hilary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Welcome to Talking Cyber, a cybercrime radio segment where we discuss the latest news and breaking stories of the cyber economy, hackers, intrusions, privacy, security, and much more. Joining us today is Heather Engel, Managing Partner of Strategic Cyber Partners. Heather, welcome. So great to be speaking with you again. Hey, Hillary. Nice to talk with you. Yeah, so pretty busy past couple of weeks for us. And the first story is really interesting. And I'm just going to kick it over to you to take us through because it's it's fascinating. And yeah, I just think you'll do a better job of taking us through it. Sure. Yeah, so one of the stories that we wanted to talk about today is an article in The Record where talking about how the Maine government, so the state of Maine, says that their state systems were not breached despite a hacking group's claims. And so what had happened was the GoSec hacking group posted to Telegram on Thursday, so this was last week, claiming that they stole 40 gigabytes of data from Maine's government websites, and the group provided a zip file of the data that they stole. Maine's IT departments were able to go through and confirm that the data that had been presented back for ransom was really just publicly available data that had been downloaded off of websites and packaged. So this is something that we're starting to see a lot more of, is a prevalence of companies and organizations and even state and local governments being hit by ransom notes or hit by attackers and being told that their data has been compromised when actually it's just publicly available data that has been downloaded. There's a couple things here that I want to reiterate. So one is that we are still seeing organizations pay ransoms without confirming that their data has actually been compromised. And why would you do that? And one of the reasons is that you don't have the tools or the skill set to confirm or deny that your data has been compromised. So you pay the ransom and you hope for the best. The other thing that's really important here is to have some sort of a data management plan, whether you're a company, whether you're a nonprofit, whether you're a government organization, where you have different buckets for your data. So you'll typically have a bucket of data that would be publicly available, which is what was downloaded in this case. Then you might have another bucket of data that's considered sensitive. And then typically when we're working with our clients, we also are going to have another bucket that is regulated or protected information. And essentially what that means is that if that third bucket, that regulated protected data were breached, you would have some sort of a reporting requirement, right? So when I'm responding to that incident, I might need to report to a legislative body or a regulator or a government agency, or if it's personally identifiable information, I might have a responsibility to report to the people whose information was compromised. So really there's two takeaways here, right? One, we're seeing a prevalence of this where attackers are just throwing those ransom notes out there and people are paying without confirmation that their system has actually been breached because in many cases they just don't have the capability to do so. And then the second part, again, we always like to try to give our listeners you know, a little bit of a way ahead. What do I do to kind of prevent this? And this is one of those cases where at least having an understanding of what type of data you have and how you would categorize it can go a long way in helping you to understand if you should ever be in a position where you have to make a decision to pay a ransom or not. Well, good job, state of Maine, where I'm from, for calling their bluff. 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were from Maine. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Not there anymore, but I am. Well, next for us revolves around airlines. So Scandinavian airline, SAS, and then a, a German airport. So Heather, can you take us through these stories as well as your analysis on them? Yeah. Well, with these two stories, we wanted to highlight them together because I think everyone can agree that airline travel is stressful enough, right? And so the last thing we need is for our app to be down, as was in the case of the airline SAS, or for the airport that we're going to to have their website be down. So the first story that we'll talk about is there were several German airport websites that were down in what they're saying is a possible hacker attack. So one of the things that we've seen a lot of articles about over the last couple of weeks is denial of service attacks, which just simply means that the service or the application that you want isn't available. So several German airports had their websites disrupted and they were investigating a possible online attack. It appears to have been a large-scale distributed denial of service attack. Several airports in Germany affected, including Dusseldorf and Nuremberg, so, you know, what does this mean for travelers? You know, I went to the Dusseldorf airport website and, and you can do things there like you can reserve parking. You can look and see what flights are on time, what airlines fly out of there, what might be happening in that area. So it's not really a situation where, you know, your air travel is impacted, but it maybe makes the smoothness of you getting to your gate a little bit more difficult, or it makes getting to your gate a little more difficult, and it makes the experience a little bit more stressful. The second story, which was related, is the Scandinavian airline SAS said they were hit by a cyber attack on Tuesday, and it had to do with their app. And again, you know, we've already said airline travel can be pretty stressful. Travelers are going to typically have that app on their phone for everything from understanding and knowing whether their flight's on time to showing a boarding pass. So. What happened in this story is that there was a risk of getting incorrect information by logging onto the app. Customers who tried to log into the app in some cases were logged into the wrong accounts and had access to personal details of other people. And so it appears to be uh, back up now. It doesn't appear that it was down for very long. But again, just something that can make a, an already stressful day of travel a little bit worse. I think the analysis that we want to bring to this, and this goes for everything, we get to the point as consumers where we are so reliant on technology for literally everything. And I'll be the first to tell you, you know, sometimes I'm flying to go to a conference or whatever, and I'll look at the person in front of me who has a printed out boarding pass. And in my head, I'm thinking, why the heck would you do that? Well, in this case, the person who printed out their boarding pass before they got to the airport was probably in a better position if they were trying to board a SaaS plane than they would have been if they were relying on a boarding pass that was on the app. And we talk a lot on this program about risk management and risk tolerance. And so this is one of those things where I always like to tell my clients and friends and family, how would you do things? You know, sometimes it's fun to just take a minute and think through how you would approach a situation if you didn't have the technology. And in this case, I think that really applies when we're talking about this app and when we're talking about, you know, maybe I'm on the way to the airport and I want to reserve a space in parking garage five and now I can't do that. What's my contingency plan? I always print my boarding pass. <laughs> <laughs> I do put it in my Apple wallet, of course, but uh -huh. the like 
anxiety that I get by just like opening right. it constantly at the airport for no reason. Like I only have to remember one letter, one like like a couple letters, I guess, and a couple numbers, but it's so much easier to just have the paper in my pocket. So anyway. Yeah. I have certain airlines. I think everybody has that airline that's kind of their nemesis, right? Whenever they fly it, they feel like they have a bad experience. And and I have one airline, I won't say who it is, Mm-mm. but whenever I'm flying that airline and I get any kind of an alert, I immediately have a panic attack. Yeah. And so one, I try to avoid that airline. But in that case, I'm on the same page with you where I don't necessarily want to be getting alerts from that airline's app just because I've had so many bad experiences. Yeah. Like when I'll land, I'll check my gates the same and all that stuff. But yeah, it's stressful. I know who your airline is. You don't even have to say it. Well, Heather, thanks so much for joining us on Cyber and thank you so much for doing the bulk of the work for me. As everyone can hear, I'm sick. So (laughs) I'm not sick anymore, but my voice is gone. So Heather, thank you so much. And I look forward to next time. All right. I'll talk with you soon, Hillary. Thanks. I'm Hillary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Talking Cyber is a Cybercrime radio segment that discusses the latest news and breaking stories of the cyber economy, hackers, intrusions, privacy, security, and much more. To keep up with the latest security and privacy news updated daily, visit us at cybercrimewire.com. 